0: Here we are. It is week number thirteen of this National Football League season, and this is Jonesing for Football. Bill Jones, along with Cody Winstead, and we are back for the month of December. The stretch run, the final six games of this National Football League season. Cody, how was your Thanksgiving?
1: It was very good, and. We always talk about jonesing for football, and we do this all year round, so half the year we're jonesing for football. I'm jonesing for a podcast, Bill Jones. I've missed hanging out with you, talking about football, and getting ready for the weekend, but I'm glad to be here and glad to see you
0: as well. Well, and uh, we'll say this, our most loyal listener, Babe Loffenberg of the Cowboys radio team, He has been jonesing for jonesing for football, too, as we know, the multiple text messages that we have received while he has been on his elliptical the last couple of weeks. So here we are. We're here just for you, Babe Laufenberg.
1: He hasn't been able to work out quite as much because we haven't had podcasts the last uh, couple of weeks but we're going to be doing it all December and into the playoffs. And uh, Babe's going to be looking fit because he's going to be on that elliptical
0: like nonstop now. Listening to That's right. That's right. So he his New Year's resolution of getting in shape is starting December 1 instead of January 1. Right. All right. Uh, lay out the format for us again. Exactly what are we doing on these?
1: Uh, we've got to do it, Bill Jones. we got to remind everyone the structure of the podcast. We do three categories. The first one is our favorite game of the week. Our second one is the individual matchup we're most excited to see. And number three is our pressures on category, who's feeling a little extra pressure this week. Why don't you start things off like we normally do with your
0: favorite game of week 13? My favorite game of week 13, that would be the Kansas City Chiefs and the Cincinnati Bengals. Have these two teams met previously? I think so. I think there was a playoff matchup in their past. That's exactly right. And so here we are with Patrick Mahomes against Joe Burrow and the Bengals. The Mahomes and Kelsey-led Chiefs have won five straight games now. They've won seven of their last eight games. They are 9-2 and on the season. They are on a roll. And it looks like uh, Burrow and the Bengals, after defeating Tennessee on Sunday, 20 to 16, they are back on a roll as well. They've won three in a row. They won five of their last six. And most critically for this week, it looks like they are getting Joe Mixon back from his concussion. By the way, how about the fellow Oklahoma Sooner Samaje Pirine and how he has performed for the Bengals in the absence of Joe Mixon? Samaje Pirine is one of my favorite Oklahoma Sooner players and uh, he is now showing it in the NFL I mean that guy is as strong as an ox and high character he is the right kind of guy you want on your football team as he has displayed for the uh, Bengals here of late and who else does it sound like they're getting back this week Cody Mr. Jamar Chase. That's right. It sounds like Jamar Chase is back this week, and he's been out since October with a hip ailment. Had 47 catches the first seven games of the season with six touchdowns. We know what Jamar Chase is all about. And so the return of those two fellows makes this a can't-miss matchup, Kansas City and Cincinnati. And the Bengals now at 7-4, and Now, tied with Baltimore at seven and four in the AFC North. And so they're in a real battle there. And of course, Kansas City wants to be the top team in the AFC. And, uh, you know, the way Mahomes is playing this season and Kelsey, five touchdowns in the last three games for Kelsey. Uh, I mean, he is making a bid to become the greatest tight end of all time, wouldn't you say?
1: Uh, I'm sure he's definitely in the mix. I mean, his stats are going to be right up there. Bill Jones, who do you like in that AFC North right now? Who you who are you giving the lean there to? The Ravens or the
0: Bengals? Well, I'm uh, if Bengals can get healthy, I'm starting to lean uh, the Bengals way uh, in that one. And how they fare against Kansas City might be a telltale sign as we go down uh, the stretch. By the way, uh, who does Cincinnati play next week? Baltimore? Cleveland. Oh, Cleveland. Cleveland. Yeah, that'll be a tasty little matchup itself. With yeah, with a little
1: Deshaun Watson back. That's right.
0: That's right. So there it is. That is my game of the week. It's the Chiefs and the Bengals. It's always good to check in, Bill Jones, on the Chiefs
1: and their big plays. Because in the offseason, obviously they lost Tyreek. They lost a couple other weapons and had to sub in some guys like MVS and Juju. The Chiefs currently number one in the league in big plays with 60, and that is after last year when they ranked
0: 15th, and uh, I always think that's interesting to keep an eye on that. Um, yeah, number one offense in the league, number one pass offense in the league. Mahomes right now is at 3,585 yards with eight picks and 29 touchdowns. Who would have thought better without Tyree Hill?
1: Um, all right, time for my favorite game, and it pairs two of the hottest teams in the league, not the Chiefs, but the Dolphins at the 49ers. So let me start with these head coaches because we know they're very familiar with one another. Mike McDaniel taking on his mentor, Kyle Shanahan, who he coached with in Houston, Washington, Cleveland, Atlanta, and San Francisco. So they're very familiar. We have similar systems and obviously know each other really well. Shanahan gets plenty of praise, so we'll talk about McDaniel here and the job he's doing as a rookie head coach with a young quarterback with a franchise that hasn't had a lot of success. Bill Jones, do you realize Tua Tungabailoa is top three in MVP odds? He's far and away the leader in passer rating, 115. In fact, He's having, according to Passer Rating, one of the 10 best seasons by a QB in NFL history. 19 TDs, three picks, a 70% completion percentage. And this from a guy who most people said wasn't even a franchise quarterback. Except Cody Winstead said he was. Thank you, Mr. Jones. You know where I stand on Tua. Uh, I said before the season, I was confident that McDaniel's system was going to make the game easy on Tua. I still had faith. I didn't think he'd be quite this great, but I'm really glad that McDaniel's system has kind of opened things up for Tua. And did you see the tweet from my friend, CBS Sports reporter, Aditi Kinkabala? Did you happen to see this tweet this week, Bill Jones? She outlined how before the season, McDaniel addressed Tua's loss of confidence. McDaniel cut up a 700-play tape for Tua in the offseason and showed it to him and showed, you can play, man. You are a great player. And then he actually showed it to the entire organization. And that is a perfect example of the power of coaching in the NFL. It's not just always on the field and X's and O's and scheme. A lot of it has to do with confidence. And it was great because the young coach showed confidence in the young quarterback. And the quarterback now has returned the favor. And let me say this if McDaniel and Tua can beat the Niners on the road this week, you got to say the Dolphins are Super Bowl contenders. And I've been waiting to say that. I've been kind of holding back. But if they get to nine and three, you got to give them credit. This is a type of game, Dolphins-Niners, that I'll probably DVR. There's a chance I'll probably watch it multiple times because I'm really excited to watch these two teams go head-to-head this
0: weekend. All right. I'm just trying to think, how long would it take to watch a 700-play clip?
1: A long time. It would take a long time to cut it up as well. Trust me, as a video editor. That takes a while to cut up that many. Plays. Do you think Mike why.
0: McDaniel did it himself? Like he just stayed up late at night and on his computer, and he edited the whole thing together himself? That he, he did probably, it by himself? Probably on iMovie
1: or something. It was probably on his phone. <laughs> like he's that type of smart. He just he just whipped it all up on his phone. But anyway, yeah. but that just shows you, and it makes you think, Bill Jones. How many young quarterbacks that we see fail pretty much every year just really haven't had a coach like that. Try to provide that confidence and show them, hey, you're a good player. Believe in them. Sell them to the organization. And Tua, obviously, I believed in him. I think he's a great kid. He ends up being a great player. But it's awesome to see that he
0: actually had that from one of his coaches. Right. And one other note on that, uh, most NFL teams uh, in a given in a 16 or 17-game season, it's about 1,000 offensive snaps that they will run. And so somewhere out there, there are 300 plays uh, that uh, Mike McDaniel had access to that were that showed that Tua was not an NFL quarterback. So yeah, he he found 700 that shows that he is an NFL quarterback, and there's another 300 out there that shows that he's not an NFL quarterback.
1: Wondering how far he went back. Did he go back to Alabama? Did you know? Did he (laughs) he happen to do that? Because um, but the 700 plays again. Great for McDaniel, great for Tua, and great for the league. I love it um, that the Dolphins are uh,
0: once again, finally, a good franchise. And and there's so many uh, former Niners that are on the Dolphins team. That is a very tasty matchup. And had uh, the network uh, people had any idea that Miami was going to be the team they are this year? uh, That I mean, that that deserves uh, some prime time exposure. And yet it's a 3 o'clock game on Fox uh, that is not being carried na- nationally because the Kansas City Cincinnati game is the game of the week this week in, in that time slot at 325. All right. Uh, man, you really hit on that, Tua, uh, uh, coming in the draft. I got to, you know, and there's another one that you really hit on, All right, which brings me to my uh, most intriguing matchup of the week that I'm most interested in seeing this week, and that would be your off-season prediction that Matt Ryan and the Indianapolis Colts—did you have them win the Super Bowl? Is that no? What you had I then? didn't.
1: Uh, Matt Ryan. I, I actually watched Matt Ryan on Monday Night Football. Huge swing and miss by me. Probably my largest <laughs> swing and miss of all time. I said the Colts are
0: going to be good, and Matt Ryan was going to be good. Wow! Wow! It Speaking ended. of swings and misses, how many times will? Colts left tackle Bernhard Ryman swing and miss on Micah Parsons on Sunday night football this week when the Cowboys take on the Colts. Every time. I think that's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> actually watching him last night. He looked much better than uh, what he did in his, his first outing in the NFL. But that's my most intriguing matchup. That's one I'm most excited to watch is Micah Parsons go up against uh, Bernhard Ryman and uh, the Indianapolis Colts.
1: Turnover is Matt Ryan going to have this week. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a lot. I can just... Now, the
0: Steelers only got to him. You know, T.J. Watt did not get a sack. Yep. Uh, they only they, they only had three sacks in the game, but that's the other part of this. It's intriguing is Jonathan Taylor against the Cowboys' run defense. And obviously, I mean, the, the strategy for... Jeff's Saturday and the Colts offense is to run the football and it'd be a whole bunch of screen passes to try to offset the pass rush of the Cowboys. But uh, how much would NBC like to have the Miami-San Francisco game on Sunday night rather than the Colts and the Cowboys? No, they want the Cowboys. You always want the Cowboys. I think
1: they want the Cowboys. I think they're they're fine with that. That's right.
0: Yeah. And so apparently NBC... Thought that Matt Ryan and the Colts were a Super Bowl team as well this year. And that's why they picked them for a Sunday night game.
1: That's true. They had a lot of primetime games, especially early in the year, too. And a huge
0: miss. Yeah. So there's my intriguing matchup.
1: All right, Bill Jones. I like that one. Uh let me give you let me give you mine. It features what might be the best wide receiver in the league versus what might be the best corner in the league. That's Sauce Gardner versus <laughs> Justin. Jefferson Sauce has been unreal as a rookie, allowing just 52% completion percentage, a passer rating against of just 55. He has more picks too than touchdowns allowed, one, and he's been as big a part of the Jets' defensive turnaround as anyone. Last year Gangrene gave up the most yards and most points in the entire league. This season They're sixth best in yards and fourth best in points, So an incredible turnaround. And according to PFF, Sauce has graded out as the second best rookie in the league. And he looks like a runaway for defensive rookie of the year. How much will he follow Justin Jefferson, who's been absolutely unbelievable himself? We've seen the gritty. Can you do the gritty for me, Bill Jones? Do you know how to (laughs) Okay, Okay, maybe not. Uh, We've seen the one-handed catches. But he's way more than flash, Justin Jefferson. Second most receiving yards in the league, just one yard behind Tyreek. He's on pace for over 1,900 receiving yards, which would be the third most in the entire history of the league, similar to kind of Cooper Cup last year, if you're looking for a reference. And what I like about Jefferson (laughs) on third down, this dude's getting the rock. Everyone knows it, and it doesn't matter. The most receiving yards in the NFL on third down, Justin Jefferson. Over 20 yards a catch. Everything you want in a wide receiver one. This is a definition of a marquee matchup. And the game's not bad either because the Jets and the Vikings, both good teams, both currently in the playoff mix. A fun one in Minnesota, Bill Jones. That was my Minnesota voice. How, the, how was that?
0: I like that. I like okay. that. Yeah. Right, Scandinavian go. Cody there. Um, <laughs> Justin Jefferson has done all of that. And yet, what did he do against the Cowboys? Very little.
1: Yep. Not a good day for him. But he's had he's had
0: 100 yards in pretty much every other game this season. That's right. That's right. So, will Sauce Gardner go look at that Trayvon Diggs tape on sure. Justin Jefferson? That's true. What a season Sauce has had for the Jets.
1: 6-3. Imagine a 6-3 corner. What a monster. And he is. Mm-hmm.
0: And how about Mike White for the Jets?
1: I love me some Mike White. Come to find yeah. out, Mike White, they might have had the franchise quarterback the entire time. And they're drafting these other guys and bringing in Joe Flacco. Mike White was just sitting there right under their nose the whole time.
0: And where, who, where was he drafted? Dallas Cowboys. There you go. All right. Out of Western Kentucky. All right, so that brings us to Pressure's On. Yes, sir. Okay. Who are you feeling? You, you know who the pressure's on this week more than any player in the league? Deshaun Watson. You know, Deshaun Watson, that's yep. right. Yep. And, all right, you lay out this suspension for Deshaun Watson. And so when you arrive at the number of games – to, does it enter the mind of the NFL at all that the game that he's coming back to play is at the Houston Texans? Do well, you think that it, that played into the equation
1: whatsoever? So we heard all offseason how long was the suspension. It was huge talk. It was never mentioned that 11 games was possible. It was always six or eight <laughs> or 10 or 12 or the entire season. It's I, an odd number. Yeah, an odd number of eleven seemed to work out there. Um, Yeah, I have a theory on that, but um, hey, maybe it was like negotiated down to eleven. Maybe it was twelve, and he said, "Hey, what if I find more?" But I actually get back a game early. So you're
0: thinking maybe that Deshaun wanted his first game to be against the Houston Texans. I'm confident Deshaun Watson wants to play the Texans. (laughs) Yeah, so he was willing to even take an extra game. Okay, don't make it 10. Let's make it 11. And so that I can come back my first game against the Texans. Or maybe it was 12 and he wanted to make it 11. I think that's more of (laughs) it. Anyway, um, uh, there's been no reason to watch a Houston Texans game, would you say? I've worked a couple
1: Texans games. um, And yeah, they weren't the most exciting. I'll just say that.
0: Right. And uh and they continue to have their own quarterback issues themselves, uh, as evidence they've switched out quarterbacks. But now how okay, from the Texans perspective, how fired up are they to be facing Deshaun Watson? Is this their Super Bowl?
1: For sure. I mean, at this point in the season, I do love me some Damian Pierce. Let me just say their running back, Damian Pierce. Yes, uh, horrific
0: young player. And of course, terrific older player, Rex Burkhead. Oh yeah, great mentorship yeah. Out there. I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, uh, but anyway, the, but there is pressure. You know, it's been the last time Deshaun Watson played in a game was January third, 2021. So it's been basically two full seasons, nearly two full seasons, where since he's played in a game, and he played at an extremely high level that season, even though the Texans went four and 12. Uh, he passed for 4,800 yards, just to remind everyone, had seven interceptions and 33 touchdowns, 8.9 yards per attempt, ran for 440 yards and three touchdowns as well. So this would be the test. How quickly can a quarterback return to the form of two years ago? And uh, we start seeing with Deshaun Watson. The other thing with the with the Browns, and how about Jacoby Brissett, bringing them back, and they beat, Tom Brady and the Bucks in overtime on Sunday. Okay, they're four and seven. Cincinnati and Baltimore are seven and four in their division. So they're three games back. If they beat Houston this week, let's say Cincinnati loses to Kansas City. Okay, they're two games back. They get Cincinnati next week. If they beat Cincinnati, they're one game behind the Bengals next week. And then they get Baltimore the week after that. So it's uh, very intriguing with the Browns these next three weeks with Watson back. They can get into the hunt, uh, not only in their division, but also in the wild card race in the AFC.
1: Yep. I think you did a good job of outlining how good Deshaun Watson used to be. There's a reason that Cleveland paid all that guaranteed money for him. You got to remember, the Texans used to go to the playoffs every year. They used to win the South all the time, even when they'd
0: lose Yeah, all even right.
1: with a Bill O'Brien, who was a bad coach. Deshaun Watson was that good. And like you said, 33 touchdowns, seven picks in his last season. This is kind of everything that Browns fans have been waiting for, a quarterback in his 20s that they can build around. And I hope he's a good player. um, And I hope the Browns have some success here. Let me give you another quarterback who some pressure is on this week, Dr. Jones. Daniel Jones, the Giants hosting the Commanders. And here's why this week is important. If New York loses to Washington on Sunday, the Giants will be in last place in the NFC East. Yes, their record will be 7-5 and five and still alive in the playoff race. But one thing I can tell you, if the season ends and Brian Dable's squad is looking up at the Eagles, the Cowboys, and the Commanders, there is zero chance that he brings Daniel Jones back next season in 2023. We know they've already declined his fifth-year option, so Daniel Jones will be a free agent this offseason. But with the third most projected cap dollars, I think the Giants are going to be big players in the quarterback market, whether that's through free agency or in the draft. And opportunities like this don't come along very often for young quarterbacks. Most only get one or two chances to be a legitimate face of the franchise, and this is a good spot Dable looks like a great young coach. The team's headed in the right direction. They've got some young, talented building blocks. But you know Dable, the quarterback guru, is not going to settle for mediocre play at the quarterback position. But there is a chance Daniel Jones gets it together, wins this week. He can get New York to 10 or 11 wins in a spot in the postseason. If he does that, maybe they give him another year and he gets a chance to prove himself. And he ends up being the guy there in New York. But it's got to start this week because they still play the Eagles twice. They've got the Vikings. And so Daniel Jones has some pressure, not only this week, but probably for the future of his job there in New York.
0: And how about that NFC East? How about it? All Mm -hmm. winning records, Bill Jones. And I would say uh, Washington is playing, well, they're, they're definitely playing better than the Giants are right now. And so this will be a real test to see uh, which 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 is the third team in that division uh, that that still has playoff hopes here in a couple of weeks. As it stands right now, all of them make the playoffs, right? Yes, they do. All of them are currently
1: in. But um, obviously, chances of that happening down the stretch with them all playing each other uh, probably won't happen. But right now, I think you could say every team in the division has been a surprise. That's a good thing. Just as we predicted at the outset of the season. Kind of. Either the Eagles doing really well. They have. You had the Cowboys doing really well. They have. Um, and then the Giants and Commanders. And
0: I don't think we had the Giants or the Commanders doing I don't doing think we had well. either of them in the playoffs.
1: No. So we were half
0: right, like course, everyone else. Just try to be half right, Bill Jones. That's right. Yep. All right. So, uh, oh, I made it through the entire podcast without mentioning anything about college football. How about that?
1: Thank you. I appreciate you glossing over the fact that uh, my Ohio State Buckeyes lost. You're a big Kansas State Wildcat fan this week, I know. I have been saying for weeks that Ohio State and Michigan are both going to make the playoff Bill Jones, and
0: I still believe it. You're a a Kansas State Wildcat fan and you are a Utah Ute fan, right? Yep. Yep. The
1: question is does Ohio State get in if one of those teams lose, or does it take both of those teams losing for the Buckeyes to get I in? I think
0: one of those teams loses and Ohio State is in. I like the way you think, Phil. Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Should be very interesting. And we uh, will we'll talk about that because it has pro football ramifications, right? Of course. CJ's uh, might be the Giants quarterback next year. And by the way, the Davey O'Brien Award finalists were just announced. C.J. Stroud, Caleb Williams, and Max Duggan from TCU, the three finalists for the Davey O'Brien Award, might be the three finalists for the Heisman Trophy as well.
1: I think so. That Caleb Williams, I've watched a couple of his games the last few weeks. Wow. He looks good, Bill Jones. I'd like to
0: have him on my squad, right? (laughs) Uh yeah, you can turn a six and six team or a four and eight team into an eleven and one team, and he can turn a ten and two team into a six and six team by not by leaving too. The definition so, of a special player right there. That's there. exactly right. That gives him the Heisman trophy right there in my book. All right. So that does it for this edition of Jonesing for Football, and we'll chat at you again next week. See you, Ben.